Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring Curiosity Stream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste Made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. And less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com. wake up. It's far easier to wake up when your phone is trying to alert you to a call than it is to try and wake yourself up. From the state of the bed, the rest I was having wasn't actually fitful in any case. I tapped my ear before I lay my arm over my face. This better be a booty call or I'm hanging up. And miss out on a good payday? Bill's voice wheezes at me. Why the phone call, Bill? Too good for emails these days. We can't put this one out on the wire. He's pitching his voice low, trying not to get overheard, I guess. Priority one client, and you're the man with the primo gear. Oh, great. That means it's a VIP audit. I'm sitting up and pulling my pants on. Suit? You know it. Come in ASAP. Get fitted and get the hell out there. I didn't even take the time to appreciate the wall graffiti that proclaims so-and-so is here. I'm up and moving, car ordered, and I'm downing a protein bar from a crappy vending machine. I'm still pulling on my shirt as I'm heading out the door and into the car. I don't even care that it smells faintly of human leavings inside. In no time at all, and yet taking far too long, I'm stepping out of the car, squinting at the afternoon sun as it shines through the clouds overhead, making everything simultaneously darker and far too bright. Inside, I'm standing in the scanner, arms out, legs spread, letting it take on measurements for the suit, and then I'm sitting in Bill's office in my underwear and a t-shirt while I wait for it to get made. Paul Vandermeer, Bill says, with all the gravitas he can muster, trying to say it like it's something I should know. I'm giving him the blank stare in return, so he continues. He's a VP for Secure Solutions. Word came up that he's been hitting the Cherokee Casino over in Riverside. Riverside? Why the hell would an exec be slumming in an FEZ? It isn't really our job to speculate. He says with a smile that says he's been doing exactly that. Am I going to have to say that I hear a but, or are we going to take it as a given? Word is, he's been stepping out on his wife with some hot piece of ass every night. Now normally we wouldn't give half a damn, right? But here's the kicker. And where we come in. His wife has been claiming he's at home every night. Tonight in particular, he has plans to have a watch party for the big Navtech vs. Wesson Arms game. Which means a whole bunch of rich people gathered together. And you are staying far away from them. Honestly, Zero. Trying to get in there would be suicide. Even for you. But the casino, on the other hand. He smirks a touch and taps the glowing keyboard on his desk. SSI handles security for the place, but it's not going to be nearly as heavy. I nod, and if I have the right one, the suit keeps a good impression of the company. Executives do have a certain perception of us as a whole. He chuckles. I almost managed to not roll my eyes, 
executives of all varieties have a certain perception of the world that rarely coincides with reality, unless they have a way of making it so. Also, if you happen to have the legitimate Paul, you can tag him and can track down the other one. I start to get up and he gives me an odd look. We tried to contact the security staff at the casino to let them know you were coming, but they're playing dumb. So we're making the pseudo a little heavier than usual. What? No open arms for this one? Are we in SSI having a tiff? My tone is playful, but Bill is having none of it. He puts a pistol in its holster on the desk and slides it towards me. I know, I know. You don't carry. For this job, you're going to, because if you have to close the contract, it's going to get hot. I take the pistol and look it over. It's a solid H&K, 40 caliber, that fills my hand nicely. Your suit should be in your locker. I nod. Hey, while I'm at it, have the number monkeys check my account. The wife said something went wrong. Make sure they didn't put a negative or some stuff accidentally, huh? He gives me a look for a moment, one I don't quite get, then smiles. Sure thing, pal. I head off towards the locker room. It's relatively empty at the moment, though I do spot Mars getting suited up for something heavy herself. Hardened armor tucked into nylon mesh is almost impossible to hide, but it's clear she's not trying to hide it. Where are you getting all dressed up to run off to? I'm grinning a touch as I walk over to her. Oh, just pulling some douche out of a fire if they get in over their head doing something damn stupid. She smirks and kind to match my grin. So you're... I'm your backup, moron. For when you inevitably piss everyone off and get cornered. Well, I'm at least glad to know the company isn't leaving me dangling. I head to my locker and put on the suit, feeling the weight of the heavier lining as I move around and try to adjust. As I leave the building, I glance up at the sky. The clouds are a vibrant red as the setting sun shimmers between them and the horizon. What was the old saying? Red sky at night. I get into the car as it pulls up and settled in for the ride to the casino. Riverside isn't a bad area of town for the most part. It's got a park that isn't full of junkies at all hours of the day and night, usually just at night. Most of the homes are empty or demolished, but the ones that are still lived in have power, water, even nice neat mowed lawns from people trying to pretend that the world hadn't utterly changed around them. Of course, those fences are a little bit higher, reinforced, and often electrified now, but nothing's changed for them otherwise. I can see the lights from the casino in the sky well before I get anywhere near it. Spotlights sweeping the sky in various colors around a solid white column that reaches up to the low cloud cover, like a sword thrust up from the earth. I have to wonder how much they sink into electric costs to pay for that. The car rolls up the long U-shaped drive and stops as an attendant opens the door. No sooner do I start to step out than a few camera drones come swooping down and flashing lights at me like paparazzi at a red carpet event. It's meant to make guests feel special, but I hustle past them and into the casino. I'm still moving quickly as I make my way past the mopes at the slot machines, slapping up buttons and praying silent prayers to unknown gods, past the vigilant security personnel keeping an eye out for troublemakers, 
past the free drink dispensing machines and the cheaply priced bar with waitresses wearing too few clothes and too much makeup, and into the restroom with the dark marble tile and gold trimmings. I kick open the stall door and drop to my knees, bent over the cool porcelain throne while emptying the protein bar and other contents of my stomach into the bowl. The world refuses to stay upright, everything feeling like it's falling in one direction or another, but nothing can agree on which way they should fall. I'm still seeing flashes in my eyes, the buzz of drones flying back and forth, rounds zipping around my head, the bodies of long-gone friends staring at me accusingly, angry that I survived. I key up the calm in my left ear and manage to croak. Mars, need a ground. Zero? What is it? Do I need to come in already? No jokes, no quips. She's worried. Please, just do it. I feel myself separating from my own mind and body, becoming as distant as the voice in my ear. Smell. Take a breath. What do you smell? I smell bile, piss, feces. The scent of that too clean bathroom soap, air freshener trying to drown all of it out, and the smell of my own sweat. Feel. Focus. What do you feel? The cold of the marble floor. A shiver running across my clammy skin. Sweat beating and dripping across my forehead. A cramp in my hand as it clenches closed. Hear. Breathe. What do you hear? There's the sound of that generic music coming from the speakers overhead. The sound of someone's stomach offering up protestations. Someone playing tunes through headphones at a damaging volume. See. Open your eyes. What do you see? A light inset in the ceiling that is just harsh with two bright yellowish incandescents, gleaming silvery stall walls. Someone's name scratched into the left-hand side of the stall to keep it from being washed away. Taste. The ghosts are retreating. I'm starting to feel like myself again, if slowly. The world has decided that down is the proper direction of gravity again, and I'm lying on my back in the stall of a casino toilet. Thanks, Mars. I managed to sound almost normal again. You didn't hurt anyone this time, did you? Of course not. I can't keep the creeping incredulity out of my tone. Do you need me to come in? No, I've got it. It's all good. I'll be all right. I just need a few minutes. Sure thing, sugar. Target isn't on the property yet that I've been able to see. I sit up and pull myself to my feet before half walking half stumbling out of the stall and over to the sinks. I wave beneath the fountain and gather some of the cool water in my cupped hands, using it to splash my face and clear away some of the flop sweat. The sound of a toilet flushing draws my attention, away from the red around my eyes, to an opening toilet stall door. This punk-looking kid comes strolling out, looking me over slowly. His hair is standing up in every possible direction the blue and yellow catching the light as his leather jacket creaks with each motion. He starts to wash his hands and looks back at me in the mirror, his voice smoother than I expect given the wrapping. I nearly lost my crap the first time I did the Reaper dance. The first two hours were hard, but after that... He waves a hand in a flowing motion at me with a smile. It gets better. You need someone to sit with you? 
I can't quite respond beyond a shake of my head, getting a nod from him in return. In a casino, you're a brave man. Hey, just think purple, and you'll be right as rain in no time. And with that bit of wisdom, he was gone. Sounded like he might be sweet on you, comes the amused voice of Mars in my ear. Yeah, maybe, but there's work to be done. I can't let her have a cheap shot like that so easily. Why, Zero? I had no idea. She sings songs at me. Last I checked, there was a lot you don't know. But I'm smiling at myself in the mirror. Who knows? Maybe I meant it to myself, too. I take a few more minutes to clean myself up, tapping my band on a vending machine to get some cologne to cover up the rank sweat smell. It suddenly strikes me odd that it worked. I let the question simmer in the back of my mind as I refocus. Finally, I'm out of the bathroom and back on the casino floor. I head towards the machine and tap away on it, trying to look like just another mope before I finally hear Mars in my ear again. He just pulled up. I lean to the side enough to see the front door. I see the guy, probably about ten years older than me but with enough surgery to fix it though obviously not quite good enough to hide the telltale signs. That sort of thing always gives the copies an easier time. His suit isn't over the top, a gray three-piece with a subtle red tie. The guy could have easily been a politician had things gone a little differently in the past, though I notice a small misstep that turns into a strange waddle for a moment as he walks. Hanging on his arm is a little blonde number, her hair up in a bun, all smoky eyes and red lipstick, wearing a long white fur coat with tall black heels. She couldn't have been a bigger notice-me, short of having a neon sign hanging over her head. I get up and follow along behind them, neither staring nor trying to avoid it as they cross the casino floor, though I do have to step around more than a few slack jaws that are staring in the direction of the blonde. The pair gets on the elevator and he pushes the button for the eleventh floor, and I make like I'm headed the same way. They pay me little mind, staring into each other's eyes and whispering what I imagine are sweet nothings. Though, for all it mattered to me, they could be plotting the further destruction of the world. I'm making like I'm busy, trying to find which pocket I left my room key in. The hallway is a dimly lit affair, with little more than a strip of light running between the top of the walls and the ceiling rotating slowly between soothing, mellow tones, just to keep the eye from getting too bored. The carpet is some sort of indistinguishable red or blue, depending on the hue of the light, with little patterns of stars that seem to dance across it. Door numbers stand out in a comparatively bright holograph from each door. I watch the pair of them disappear into the room and give up on my ruse. I decide I'm going to give them a little time. If that's Paul, I don't want to get him too upset with us in general. If not, at least he'll have a good memory to be sent off with. Twenty minutes later, no one comes through the hallway and it's just me and my thoughts for the duration. Finally, I pull a pistol from the small of my back and lift my foot to kick the door in. The lock turns green just as my foot collides with and through the door, bursting it open. I don't give it a second thought. The pistol is already up and I'm sweeping into the room. There's old Paul, handcuffed on the bed. The little blonde girl has one high-heel clad foot on his chest, 
now wearing little more than a series of straps on her body and a thin whip in her hand. Paul, besides being handcuffed, is lying there in a frilly bra and panty set, though the latter is rather stretched and distorted at the moment. I'd find it almost funny and cute if I weren't focused on business. I line the sight picture of the pistol on the girl, flashing my ID at the same time. You look like a pro, sweetie, which means expensive, and I'd rather not take the pay cut. Go stand in the corner, and at worst, you'll walk away with a story to tell. She seems to consider it a moment, but I'm too far away to be reached, and I've got the drop on her. Who are you? She asks, as she makes the smart move, dropping the whip and moving to the corner to stand like a chastised child. Nobody, I tell her, before I look down at Paul and offer a slight smile. Apologies, Mr. Vandemer. We got a report of you in two places at once. Standard procedure, you understand. We just need to run a check and you can go back to your business. The rising protestation from him melts and he gives me a nod. I set the pistol down on the bed and lift his head enough to wrap the audit around, watching the readout scroll by as usual. I wait for the connecting text, but it doesn't happen. It simply reads, negative match. Whatever the lab guys came up with, I'll give them credit. It was fast. I unwrap the audit, roll it up, and put it away in a pocket. I pick up the pistol while Paul is giving me a look I haven't seen. Sorry, sir but you know how the audit never lies. I say quietly. He looks resigned, ready. No screaming, no fighting, or thrashing, even as I cover his face with a pillow, press the pistol into it, and pull the trigger. You mean that wasn't Paul? The blonde says, standing there and staring at me with a strange sort of vulnerability. No. Hope he got paid in advance. I'm about to say something else when an ear-piercing screeching noise drowns out everything, my balance going as my head vibrates with the high-pitched noise. I see the girl fall over as well, so I know it's not just me. I brace against the bed, trying to get some form of equilibrium, but just doesn't seem possible. Time stretches impossibly around me, as seconds expand to hours before the sound stops, leaving my ears ringing in the aftermath. I open my mouth and stretch my jaw to try and get the feeling out of my ears. It feels like an airplane taking off in my head. Sorry about that, Zero. I tried to cut them sooner. The programming was a little off, a voice says in my right ear. Sonny? Yeah, man. I've been poking around in this place's computers for the last couple of weeks, he says sheepishly, as I start out the door while balance starts to come back. Why? I watched that old ocean series and thought maybe I could figure out how to cheat the place. You have any idea how many IBs they go through electronically? Tell me later. I grunt as I head back towards the elevators and veer towards the stairs. A rhythmic thumping noise comes to me, and I realize the sound is boots pounding against the concrete. It's hard to pick out how many exactly, but I know I have 13 rounds left in the pistol. You've got security running around says Mars in my left ear. Whatever you did seemed to poke the hornet's nest. I'm on it, coming down the west stairwell, I murmur. Might be hot. Moving around to cover the exit, she says tersely. I start down, keeping the pistol behind my leg. No sense in presenting a valid target immediately. 
I'm on the landing between the sixth and seventh floor when I see the trio swing around, short-barreled rifles training on me. They're not bad, stacked on each other, but their spacing is a mess. If either of the back two shoots, they're going to wind up disabling the lead. I'd rather not kill them, but it doesn't look like I'm being given much of a choice. I put my hand up to show my ID. I'm just here on break. I say with all the smoothness I can muster at the moment. The lead turns. Hey, we didn't get a call. But don't let him finish. Raising the pistol and putting a round in his knee. I give the other two no chance to follow up, darting forward and jumping, driving my legs into them and landing on my back. My side is screaming at me, a sharp, stabbing pain that reminds me that I broke those ribs. They've probably broken again now. I get the pistol up and against the chest of the third guy, pumping three rounds into his vest at point blank, and then I hammer the butt into the face of the middleman twice. That should keep them well pacified as I drag myself up and start down the stairs. A quick three-round burst goes off and is deafening in the enclosed space of the stairwell. A stitch lines up my back, knocking me down to the next landing. I roll as I fall and hit my back, pulling the pistol up into my sightline. We've got him. We... I interrupt the lead again. This time with a bullet through the open face of his helmet. Damn, that's going to cost a pretty penny. But there wasn't much choice. I couldn't let him ID me or where I'm at. I'm still laying on the ground. My side is splitting. My back throbbing and aching. Trying to catch my breath. Though it feels like it's already gone another three floors down from me. I force myself up and move. Limping down after it with a groan. Once on the ground floor, I tuck the pistol into a pocket and walk doing my best impression of Homo erectus across the gaming floor. Another security guard watching the floor spots me and starts to lift up his hand to key his radio. He's not armed or armored, just another observer post. I lean into him with my elbow in his sternum to knock the breath from him and shake my head. Let it go. We don't want to disturb the customers. His eyes trail down to the hard line of the pistol in my pocket and his head bobs up and down quickly. He's not getting paid enough to die, it seems. I'm out the doors and crossing the parking lot as a car screeches to a stop in front of me. Mars sitting in the window with a large rifle aiming towards the doors. Hurry the hell up! I swear half the retirees in there are faster than you. I can't help but give a little smile as I circle around and get in the car, with another huff and groan, letting myself relax finally. Mars slides back into the window as the car starts to roll off, gives me a look, then punches me across the jaw, and I'm swallowed by black.
new on Curiosity Stream. Grab your lab goggles. We're out to find the world's coolest, loudest, and most in-your-face experiments. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. See how hands-on science can change our everyday lives on oddly satisfying science. Plus, from goats to guard dogs, here's surprising stories about the creatures that brought humanity to the next level. It's animals that changed history. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.